The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. This is Dr. Michael Drake, Chancellor of the University of California, Irvine, and you're listening to Countdown UCI with Dmitry Konitsky on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming online at KUCI.org. And welcome to the show. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming online at KUCI.org. My name is Dmitry Konitsky, and I'm the host of Countdown UCI, your show for UCI news and guests. And today we have an awesome show, as always. Well, not really, but today is more awesome than always. Uh, <laughs> so in the studio, I have uh, right now a phenomenal guest. In fact, two, and uh, one of them does not want to talk, though. <laughs> So I have the director of the UCI Student Center and the now interim director of the UCI Bookstore, and that is Director Stacy Murin. Welcome to the program. Thank you. And then I have an associate director who, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> My name's Amy Schultz. Amy Schultz. Um, so we're going to be talking about, uh, actually, no, before before I, I uh, we jump in, I had a few announcements, and they are as follows. First of all, this is an exciting show just because um, I have a new feature for the show. And the new feature is that I'm going to be checking the Facebook page live, which, uh, which means that you get to participate live in the discussion. So if you think that my guest is um, dodging the hardballs and I'm not catching it, uh, and of course, Director Muir and I will give you all the hardballs today. Okay. Yeah. So if you think they are not, they're dodging him and I'm not catching it, and you want to make a comment, a question, you think uh, some point of discussion has been raised, you can go on the Facebook page and you can comment, and uh, I will see it live, and perhaps I'll even read your comment live. So I think that's pretty cool. The Facebook page can be found at countdownuci.com. Uh, which will take you to the Facebook or just facebook.com slash countdown UCI. And uh, one more announcement, actually. In the second half of the show, which is when I'm going to have uh, two group members from the live nude people who are an improv group uh, here at UCI. And, um, and after that, in the second half of the show, I'm giving away a signed volleyball, signed by the entire UCI volleyball team, which the 2012 volleyball team, which is actually pretty awesome. They're ranked number four right now in the NCAA uh, rankings, and they're quickly surging to number one. They, I think, have won every game so far. Um, and uh, some other rankings, actually. I think rankings that, that ask all the coaches in the NCAA teams to say who their favorite team is or something like that, rank them as number one. So they're just a really awesome volleyball team, and um, th there's a picture of the volleyball on the Facebook page also. So there's another reason for you to go on there. Countdown UCI dot com or facebook.com slash countdown uci 
So, uh, Director Muren, yes. uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. How did you find your How did you find your way to UC Irvine? Have you always been here? Um, actually, I was, I was a student. Um, so I graduated in I shouldn't say, but actually 1984. Um, I was a social ecology major. Mm -hmm. um, I have a long history of uh, my family members who've graduated, but was the first to actually attend a UC school. The education that I received here was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, understanding social ecology and its diversity has allowed was allowed me to be very creative in the way that I look at a problem or look at things. Mm -hmm. um, after I graduated, um, I took some time off and uh, traveled around the United States and then actually went and worked in industry for quite some time. And Which then, industry? Actually, aerospace. Wow. So I learned a lot about manufacturing, process improvements, uh, team awards, and how you build airplanes. It's obviously not a single entity that one person can do, but how you pull a team together to be able to craft these beautiful aircraft. So, um, but after being in that industry for quite some time and coming back to the campus and using the library services and just feeling the energy that is at the UC Irvine campus, I decided that I would come back and have my career here. So how long ago was that? 22 years ago. And uh, what did you start? Uh, I'm, I'm sure you didn't start as director of, of the Student Center. In fact, was there a no. Student Center 20 years ago? <laughs> there was a very small one, and mm -hmm. Amy could address that. In fact, when I was a student here, most everyone hung out in the commons area. Mm -hmm. so, the gateway commons, right? Mm -hmm, exactly. Mm -hmm. So there really wasn't... Um, as much of activity as there is today. It was a very much a commuter school, and as you know, it's really not as much a commuter school as it used to be. Um, and so I just decided that this would be the place that I wanted. I actually started at the medical center, and I was the director of parking there. And so I stayed there for quite some time, and then I was offered a position here on campus in the parking mm -hmm. department. So what kinds of things do you do as director of the student center? Uh, what kinds of deci decisions do you make on a daily basis? You know, I have to tell you, though, uh, one thing is that when I was in the parking, mm -hmm. I had always set my sights on the student center mm -hmm. and being able to get back. The student center is just such an awesome place with energy and students milling about and, you know, the prospects of their lives. Um, it is just the hub and the heart of the campus for me. It just feels like a warm, great place. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I think the thing is with the center is the number of events that we have every year, um, the number that we have on a monthly basis, the interaction and the exchange with the students is, is just something that I, I love. How many is that actually? How many events does... Uh... We have about 7,000 a month, mm -hmm. uh, about seventy-two to 75,000 events a year. 70, about almost 75,000 events mm -hmm. a year, which is yes. crazy, actually. Yes, it's a lot to manage. Mm -hmm. So to go back to my question, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you have a very large staff in the, in the for student center staff and event services staff. Yes. What kinds of decisions are the kinds that make it up the chain of command to you? What would, would you uh, give us a day in the life? Well, for me, I have a, you know, a fabulous staff um, that takes care of the daily needs of the center, mm -hmm. planning the events, helping the students organize their events, making sure that they have all the appropriate paperwork. Um, the decisions for me are really what direction is the center going? Mm -hmm. Where are we going? What do we want it to look like? Mm -hmm. What 
what services do we need to add or provide to the students that will make it a wonderful experience? So some of the things, for example, so I'm an, an, uh, an idea generator. So when I walk around during the finals or midterms, I notice that students were everywhere. And, <coughs> excuse me, so we implemented the idea of, you know, of giving them green tea and nuts and snacks um, so that they could continue to study, you know, into the late hours and give them the energy that they needed to finish their studies. So for me, it's like looking at the Global Viewpoint Lounge. You know, what is this center? How do we keep up with the times? How do we make it so that it's easy to use um, and that the students don't have to spend a lot of time trying to figure out processes. Mm -hmm. um, when I first got there, we had all these paper forms and you had to fill out the form and then you had to go to another department um, and then we had to wait for them and then the form had to come back and then we would contact the students. It's all done online now. Mm -hmm. And so what I try to do is look for ways um, to make the experience easier, better, and faster for them. Bigger, better, faster, stronger. Mm -hmm. Always better. Mm -hmm. um, so how many events uh, in the Student Center are, are by non-UCI groups? Because uh, we had uh, Vice Chancellor Parham here in the mm -hmm. um, in week one, actually. And mm -hmm. um, we talked about some of the, the spending by, by entities of student services which don't receive core funds. Right. And he made it clear that, that the majority of them bring in money yes. to the university. Mm -hmm. um, and so in the Student Center, he, he, he named us as definitely as one of those. Uh, one of those student center enterprises. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. One of those student um, student affairs enterprises. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, as a student who who probably walks around in, in inside the student center, one often encounters non UCI events, mm -hmm. and those are probably the real revenue generating um, uh, part of, of of what the student center does. So, right. what what percentage are by are by non UCI groups? Do they pay more? How does the UCI student center cater to those people? Well, it's a delicate balance. Look, it's a student center, and mm -hmm. that's my focus. Of that's course. what's most important to me is serving the students. Mm -hmm. But we have approximately nine percent right now. Nine. Uh, nine percent mm -hmm. out of the out of out of all of those events. Mm -hmm. um, I would like to try to grow that business. Mm -hmm. It's better for the campus, but it's also better for the students. If we can generate funds um, from external clients, we can design things like the Global Viewpoint Lounge. So though the funds that were necessary to do that came from outside entities. Mm -hmm. So the money that we generate, we turn right back into the center and use it for improvements. Um, we use it for um, different types of things, that the, uh, programs that the student want. For example, in the terrace outside area, we can you know, have entertainment come. And so those funds are really critical. It's, it's a delicate balance because we have to serve the students first, but we, we try to do the hours where the students are not necessarily using the center and then book the events during those times. So this idea of putting the, the students first, I, mm -hmm. um, there's definitely some dissatisfaction in, in that uh, booking rooms does cost quite a bit of money for, for, for clubs. And, mm -hmm. um, um, <coughs> And, and I, when, when I'd spoken to, um, to your assistant and, to, and mm -hmm. to the people that worked in the student center, they, they definitely let me know that, that it's a big, um, a big challenge for them is, is dealing with the number of requests that the student center gets for comp rooms and uh, mm -hmm. for other services for, for free. And um, 
how do you balance the fact that the student center at some point must be run like a business in that it must uh, meet its financial obligations uh, and at the same time the fact that it, it has to be a student center and has to even be able to serve clubs that have no mm-hmm. real revenue stream what about uh, uh, I think Carathon happened yesterday uh, mm-hmm. and it was a, a huge event in the Pacific Ballroom of, of the student center mm-hmm. or what about events that uh, are thrown by clubs that are charity events and mm-hmm. and uh, by community service uh, student organizations on campus how do you uh, does the student center ever comp their rooms do, uh, what how does it cater to the student population who doesn't have the green that that mm-hmm. an outside group would well I'm not sure that I understand that question there might be some kind of misinterpretation um, the average cost for a student organization to have an event in the center is about $13. Mm-hmm. So there's no charge to students uh, to have events. There are small charges for extensive labor. Mm-hmm. So, for example, mm-hmm. one of the sororities had a fashion show. And so that was about $900. And what it is is to pay for labor. What's important to understand is the money that we use that goes from those goes right back to the students mm-hmm. who work there. Mm-hmm. So really the pool is just a circular thing. So it comes maybe from a student organization, but it goes right back to helping students to be able to you know, survive. Mm-hmm. Where the problem comes in, and maybe what this, the staff is telling you about, um, is when we asked for um, reductions, those are usually reductions from departments and from outside entities. So our biggest pushback is from people from off campus that want some kind of a break or from a department that's trying to throw an event because departments have to pay um, for the services, the full services. Mm-hmm. So for example, I want to go back to that fashion show. If, if the sorority group were to have that at any other location or an outside entity were to come and ask us to do that, it would be well over $2,000. Mm-hmm. So. And, and maybe there is some misinterpretation also. What my organization does is book classrooms and lecture halls on weekends. And those used to be no cost. But now that the state funds um, have been drying up a bit in the facilities area, they've had to implement charges. And those charges are higher than actually booking a room within the student center. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps students are equating that to not being able to get a reduced rate within the center because there is no charge for them. Mm-hmm. If you were to come in tomorrow and book the room, there'd be no charge. Mm-hmm. So I think that's maybe where the um, misunderstanding I see. lies. So in that, in, uh, one can book a room at, at almost no charge that's mm-hmm. uh, a, bare, a bare room, essentially. It's, and, and the charge uh-huh. comes in when you, know, you need tables and chairs. Right. Mm-hmm. So, well, if you need them moved. Mm-hmm. So we have standardized setups. Mm-hmm. And if you choose to come in and change the setup of that room, then we would charge you the labor charge, mm-hmm. which is the student rate, um, to make all of those changes. Unlock the door, lock the mm-hmm. door, make sure that the air conditioning is good. Um, if you have audio or visual equipment, then we come in and set it up. And so those charges um, are student mm-hmm. labor, and they would go right back to the students. Um, it, it seems like... If if only nine percent of mm-hmm. of the events are by outside organizations and students pay um, essentially what what it costs to to have their their rooms ready for them, um, where is uh, because the student center seems like it's it, it's a uh, you know quite well off in that it's. Uh, 
Uh, it's run extremely well. It's uh, it's it's always well maintained. It's mm-hmm. clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, clearly, some money has to be circulating there that, to make that happen. Uh, what 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 generates that the, <coughs> those funds is 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 the they've is that campus departments in that case? Do they make up the the uh, percentage of the of of the events that that do pay full price pay that who pay an extra mm-hmm. uh, revenue for the student center? Well, when the student center was built, the referendum um, included basic operating costs. Mm -hmm. And so we are constantly – one of my – um, I so guess there, I'm sorry. Let me stop you. Actually, mm-hmm. so there is in fact money from our student from a referendum mm-hmm. that was uh, built to that, pay for the debt. Right, and uh, is the is currently the the mortgage still being paid off by that referendum? Oh, yes. Yes. And, oh, yes. And, and and for how much longer will that be? Oh my gosh! Do you know what the length is? Twenty. Two thousand seventeen is when the first one. That's a small portion that was on Mm -hmm. the old building. So the old Mm -hmm. building, the referendum ends in 2017. And I'm not really sure when the next one ends. It's probably, it's like 2020. Mm -hmm. It's it's quite a ways away. But the... um, Actually... some some students may not know there was a, a there was an original student center correct for for which a referendum was uh, was was taken for which students are still paying in a sense which was because it's uh, still the debt is still because, owed yes and uh, there was a demolition of that student center and mm. uh, no it was it was built to uh, it you was, have the bookstore I see that's you, what you happened have, right mm-hmm. you, you have the CCA mm-hmm. all of that is part of the old I see and so what's part of the new. The new is the two buildings, the two new buildings, the, the ballrooms, the G building, mm-hmm. and the Doheny, and the Doheny Center. Conference Center. So basically from, I would say, the pub, not even all of the pub. The G building in and of itself, that's where the dean of students is. That mm-hmm. was part mm-hmm. of the referendum mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. whole basement, ballroom, all of that area. Mm-hmm. So in fact, part of the um, A building it was part of the old. Yes. Was part of the old one, so they just kind of added on. I see. So that portion of the debt will be uh, taken care of in 2017. I see. I think what I must be thinking of, uh, as far as something that was demolitioned, was like over 30 years ago. I think there was something like that in the school's history. Um, So, so there's a referendum for which Mm -hmm. the the students are still paying off the debt on 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 the old and the new part of the uh, of the student center, and Uh in that uh, there are. also in, in included appropriations for for basic operations, mm-hmm. like you say. So, in fact, the student center does receive some what what may not be called core funds because they don't come from tuition, but no. they are student funds through um, through student fees that do go to the, to the student center operations. They're separated out. Mm-hmm. They're not commingled, and so in mm-hmm. fact, there there's a portion mm-hmm. that goes to that debt that goes straight to that debt. I see. So those funds cannot be used for anything other than that debt mm-hmm. and for the student center. That's what the students decided, and that's the way that it's, it's set up. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was no inflationary, um, any inflationary costs built into that. So what we have is a model that we have to be very cognizant of to make sure that all of the resources that we use are very carefully thought out. We have, a, we have one person who's in charge of housekeeping. He's fabulous. You would never know that, mm-hmm. that we have actually just one FTE that's just kind of in charge. We've got a couple, you know, we have other people, kind of housekeepers, um, but he's phenomenal. He's been there for 20 years. He knows the building backwards and forwards. 
He is just a fabulous person, and he really works long hours, sometimes seven days. Let's a give week. him a shout out. What's his name? Bob Kochenberg. Bob Kochenberg. Bob Kochenberg. Kochenberg. He, he is there on that ground with students every day, mm-hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a fabulous resource. Mm-hmm. He probably does the work of three people. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we look at at this funds is are we spending them appropriately? Are we managing them? Everything that we do, we look at process improvements. We've gone to paperless. Um, we've looked at streamlining all of our process for alcohol permits or insurance and we're trying to make sure that it's just very efficient and that there's not a lot of bureaucracy involved in it. Mm-hmm. And we look at those, and those are the things that I look at every day and that I think about every day. What's a better way to do this? What's a faster way to do this? How do we do reduce our labor? So students nonetheless often point fingers at the Student Center as mm-hmm. an, an and uh, as examples of of waste, and and you've tried to address that mm-hmm. already, but let's let, let's talk about that specifically. Students normally, you know, maybe in fact, literally point fingers at at say the the Global Viewpoint Lounge, right. uh, or the New Bronze Anteater, and say, mm-hmm. well, we don't need that. We could have, you know, kept one program uh, in 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 the you know in the social sciences, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, can you address that? Uh, sure. Because I, I, I've, I've yet met I, – I, I haven't met any students that go, oh, yeah, the Global Viewpoint Lounge, you know, that was an excellent uh, way to spend money. Yet at the mm-hmm. same time, I, I understand it's a larger issue. Perhaps Dr. Parham, when he was here, said, you know, you have to spend money. You have to spend money to make money. That's and, right. And um, uh, how does the Global Viewpoint Lounge help us make money? And mm-hmm. – uh, how, how are those no? How are those not examples of waste? I guess is what I'm asking. Well, I think what's really important is to let's just talk about the Global Viewpoint Lounge. Mm-hmm. Um, Can all, you ask how much it actually cost? All of the well, it's the, the screens. The screens, were the right? Most I, I, I imagine all of the other things. The the ceiling tiles were painted by students. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the labor, painting, setting it all up. Um, the pillars that you saw, all of that was done internally. Mm-hmm. So very low cost, mm-hmm. very low cost. The monitors um, were the expensive portion of mm-hmm. that. But again, those were outside entities and revenues that we got from outside clients. So the money that came into the center from events that we hold from outside people helps us to be able to keep that center fresh, to keep it new, to keep it modern. For me, when you walk into a building, you look around and it tells you something about that institution. Mm-hmm. So for me, is keeping those colors fresh, keeping that place spotless, moving, um, making it a common area where all students can feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. We have more international students now than we have probably ever in our history. We have them coming from all over the world, and I met some of them. They're just – they're fabulous. So I want to find I – I want to create a home, a home away from home where students can come in and be in touch. They've come a long way. They have no family. They have no support. They're trying to find their way. Um, and this is a place for them to come in, kind of look at a screen, and feel comfortable and touch back with home. Mm-hmm. We are a global international economy. Are we not moving in that direction? And so for keeping the student center up and fresh is important. Mm-hmm. I think it's important for the students, and it's, it's definitely important for the institution. 
Uh, let's move on to talking about your new roles in terms of director of the of the UCI bookstore. But before I do that, I want to remind listeners, I haven't gotten any comments, um, which is quite <laughs> <laughs> Director Muir and is celebrating. Uh, but uh, you're still encouraged to go on Facebook.com slash Countdown UCI. And if you, if you think uh, there's something I haven't addressed or if you want to ask additional questions or make additional comments, you can... Uh, Comment on the top post, which is, I, I made a new thread for today's show. So, again, you're still encouraged to do that. CountdownUCI.com. And um, I, I, if I could make a comment, I would very much love to hear from students mm-hmm. about what they want that center to be. In fact, uh, before, uh, before we go on, I was going to ask this at, at the end, but this seems like an excellent uh, opportunity. What is the best way if a student has a complaint that they want, mm-hmm. uh, a complaint or suggestion mm-hmm. that they want to send all the way up to the top? Uh, what's the best way for them to reach you? If they go on the website, they can find my cell phone. Mm-hmm. I will text. Um, I'll text up to midnight. After that, <laughs> I don't text till the next morning. Um, many students come to me on Fridays. Fridays are usually in my office. I try not to have any meetings. I mm-hmm. try to be just the day where I observe and look around and engage with students. Mm-hmm. Um, so the best thing to do is to text me anytime. Excellent. I, I, I actually did. Uh, uh, let's take a uh, short story. I, I last night I actually um, went up again to look at uh, the contact list for the student center. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I saw Stacy Murin and I saw your 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 phone number, your um, your office phone number, which was a nine four nine eight two four number. Mm-hmm. And then I saw cell number and I was like. I'm going to write that one down because I feel like that's a mistake that that's up there. No. Someone is going to get fired for this. So I was like, no. I'm, I'm going to write that one down to make sure that, that in case I ever need it. But no, apparently you're, you're saying yes. that's there for a reason. Yes. Not wow. a mistake. So take any call. <laughs> that's pretty awesome, actually. Um, but let's let's move on, uh, mm-hmm. move on to the bookstore. We're running a little bit behind schedule. Uh, can you stay a couple of uh, extra minutes, maybe five, five to ten? Sure. Excellent. Um, so what what is the cause for the administrative change? Uh, there was a previous director of the bookstore. You're now interim director. What mm-hmm. what caused that? Um, well, the bookstore, um, there was two co-directors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there wasn't really one particular director. And the bookstore has gone through many changes. Do we all agree? Um, I wish that we could have more of an engagement with it with um, with the online. Do we all agree that the book industry is changing, tr- changing dramatically? Mm-hmm. You know, I look back in, in, in my life, and I remember when I got a microwave. Um, there were no cell phones. There was no internet. Um, I did all my college papers on a typewriter. But that's been such a short period of time. Where are books going? I think it's changing. The cost of education is going up. I think that my past um, jobs that I've been known for process improvements looking for ways to reduce costs and increase efficiencies. Um, I'm a bit of a change agent. Um, I have a son who's at Columbia, and I also have a son who um, is in high school. So I'm kind of in touch on a personal level of how the world is changing. Um, My younger son, everything is online. You know, books, he just, on Sunday mornings, we go, uh, tradition of my family was to go to Barnes & Noble on Sunday morning, and everybody would kind of go in their own directions and bring in two or three books, and that has changed. He prefers everything online. And I think that the book industry is changing so rapidly. 
that we have got to be able to look for the future, strategize on how we're going to deliver educational materials to students in the most cost-effective way. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it is looking at the bookstore and figuring out a way to, re- to bring textbooks to students at the lowest possible cost. We're about to roll out something um, within the next few months that's going to allow students to go online on the UCI bookstore, figure out which book it is they want, and compare everyone, including Amazon, about 100, uh, 120, almost 200 other book retailers, and we will do price matching. Really? Mm-hmm. So be ready. Hmm. I'm very excited about the project. I think it's going to be fabulous for the students. Um, it's going to change the way the bookstore operates. For me, the, the store itself is looking at how do I offer products to students that they're going to need. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to be doing a lot of focus groups. I'm going to be trying to reach out to as many students as I can. Fortunately, I have about 300 that work for me between the bookstore and the student center. They are my lifeline. Why do you go to the bookstore? Do you not go to the bookstore? What is it that you need? So we're going to be trying to really figure out what we need to carry that's going to make students' life better. So here's something that that I I don't get is that – I actually have a a in inside the bookstore source mm-hmm. and, and an employee, an FTE in fact, who who mm-hmm. um, has uh, has told me that there's been uh, that that there's a substantial chance that, that the bookstore will be privatized and mean some outside company will come in and run the bookstore to improve um, to improve the bottom line essentially and and right yes. now. Uh, I'm under the understanding that the bookstore uh, kicks back about is it one million dollar uh, about one million dollars back to the campus? It's about eight hundred thousand. Eight hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So and which is good. It's 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 yes. more than upkeeping itself and, and sending money back to the campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've um, th- the reason for a, this possible change is to increase that amount. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I don't understand how you, how one can do that. How one can in, increase those profits, mm-hmm. yet at the same time, uh, aspire to offer the best uh, the best prices. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I have to be perfectly honest about this. I don't buy books at the bookstore most of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, in and fact, why don't you? And because I can get cheaper prices online. Exactly. And in fact, I, I I'm often very. Um, Sometimes Amazon does not offer the best price. That's in fact, right. in fact, quite often the UCI bookstore beats Amazon. But mm-hmm. the UCI bookstore simply can't beat international editions, which you know are sent over from Pakistan or whatever. They're mm-hmm. they're, they're in English and mm-hmm. they're they're soft cover, whereas uh, uh, in the U.S. there the books are only available in hard cover, mm-hmm. and they're like twenty bucks versus two hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, or for example, Half dot com. Um, and in fact, I sell my books back to Half dot com mm-hmm. instead of the UCI bookstore because I can get such a larger return and it seems to me and honestly when i hear my friends say i you know i only buy books at the uci bookstore i kind of go oh you know not uh, not willing to take the effort save a couple of hundred bucks here and there so it still seems to me that that the goals of of offering low qual uh, i'm sorry of, of offering low cost mm-hmm. textbooks mm-hmm. Uh, at the lowest possible cost and increasing profit are mm-hmm. really um at odds with each other they are, but it's not just a bookstore. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, you have to so look at good. Does that mean services. you will be uh, you'll be moving away from from offering? For, as far as increasing profits, you'll be trying to move away from offering books towards more. Uh, of the other services that the bookstore might might do, we will continue to offer books, of course, and we're but... going to be more competitive. Mm -hmm. But it all comes back to you. Mm -hmm. uh, we're very convenient, um, and so you know what will be the threshold of when you choose to buy a, a book at the bookstore: two dollars, five dollars. We're hoping that we're going to be able to compete in the market that you're exactly that you're talking about. We're looking at developing a program for rental books. Um, enhancing the used books. When we do that, we will be back in the game. Now, for increasing revenues, on the other hand, we when you have a textbook, do you have much of a choice? No. Right. So what if I offer goods and services um, that you might need that are competitively priced, but you have the option to choose those, who will hopefully offset some of the potential losses that we would see in the books. Mm -hmm. Students are not buying books in the bookstore at the same volume that they did three years ago. We have to figure out a way that we can compete in that market and looking for ways that are more convenient and faster delivery to you. But offering a larger variety of other merchandise that you would naturally buy in your life but is located here on the campus. Um, Lynn Smith says, uh, increase bookstore income through non-textbook merchandise and keep textbooks as low as possible. And that actually does make sense. Um, I was, I, I, I was going to mention that uh, your, your idea of increasing non-book non uh, merchandise and non-book services mm -hmm. is, is really a pretty good one just because um, the, the bookstore often functions, at least for, for me in my life as, as a student, as a target alternative. I don't want to make a trip to Target. I can Correct. buy, you know, a case of pens at, at, at the bookstore. And in fact, it's, it's much more uh, of a variety of than, than, than just mm -hmm. that. So mm -hmm. it, it can mm -hmm. fill that, that, that role as the, the target alternative. Don't want to make the, the, the drive, but, exactly. but the things I can get at, at the bookstore. And it's nice to keep that money on, on campus. campus. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Which goes right back to mm -hmm. student programs. Mm -hmm. So, the rumors of privatization, will it happen? To my knowledge, uh, the bookstore would not be privatized at this time. Mm -hmm. Got it. Uh, but possible. Is, is it, in fact, can I ask if, if your uh, appointment as interim director is, is somehow a way to stave off that, um, that, that, that possibility or eventuality and, and see if there's something that can be done before we go to that step? Um. I'm a strategic thinker, mm -hmm. um, and I'm very in touch with students. And I think that the students have a need for the bookstore. They, many, many students love it. And um, I think that we can turn this around. Mm -hmm. And I think we can make it a win-win for both students and the campus. I see. And that's my goal. Well, excellent. Uh, we're pretty much out of time. It's okay. been an absolute pleasure having you. I think you've been an excellent guest. <laughs> well, thank you. And, and I hopefully students will um, hear this. And if they have ideas for the center, if they have concerns, that they will text me and come see me on Fridays. 
Excellent. So again, I this I, this was Countdown UCI. I still have 20 minutes of the show left, but uh, for now I'm going to go take a quick break. Uh, but I was joined in the studio by director Stacy Muren and associate director. I'm sorry, I, I, you, Amy Schultz. Amy, Amy Schultz. You haven't said very much, so <laughs> she's my support. <laughs> <laughs> sorry for forgetting that. Um, so uh, Amy Schultz. There we go. And uh, so stay tuned with us through the break. When we come back, I'm going to have uh, two people from the UCI Live Nude group who are an improv group here on campus and they're going to do a few bits and talk to us about the group and uh, how they got started and uh, where they perform. So thank you so much for listening and stay tuned for this break. Thank you. Hello, Orange County. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming online at KUCI.org. Broadcasting underground music and talk for the University of California, Irvine campus since 1969. Why don't you like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter? The URLs are facebook.com slash KUCI-FM and twitter.com slash KUCIFM. All right, baby. My darling, I can't get enough of your love, baby. I don't know, I don't know why I can't get enough of your love, baby. The Claire Trevor School of the Arts has many dance, drama, music, and studio arts performances throughout the school year on the campus of UC Irvine. Events range from student ensembles to master classes given by professionals throughout the year that are open to the public. For more information on events and ticket prices, visit www.arts.uci.edu. The UC Irvine Film and Video Center is Orange County's premier art house cinema, screening new, independent, experimental, and groundbreaking films and videos. With the capacity for 35mm, 16mm, and video projection, along with state-of-the-art surround sound, the Film and Video Center provides Orange County and surrounding communities with a one-of-a-kind movie-going experience, showcasing quality original works unavailable elsewhere. That's the UCI Film and Video Center in the Lucille Kuhn Auditorium, located in room 100 of the Humanities Instructional Building on the UC Irvine campus. For more information, log on to uci.edu and click on Film and Video Center. And welcome back. You're listening to Countdown UCI on KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and streaming online at KUCI.org. Uh, we've got 20 minutes left and I have... <laughs> A I have two phenomenal guests in the studio who are part of the UCI live nude people with clothes on. I was expecting an indecency thing, but no, apparently. No, yeah, yeah, you guys are wearing clothes. Uh, and uh, you, the live nudes are, are an improv group on, on campus. Are they the only improv group? Uh, no, actually, another one just started up last year called uh, uh, IREV, which is Improv mm -hmm. Revolution, started by Joel Veenstra, uh, mm -hmm. one of a friend of ours. And... Um, it's so there's two right now. Mm -hmm. So it's been it's pretty 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 nice. Uh, how how long has the live nudes uh, been? 
are you guys a registered student organization, like a club, or is um, that is? I don't know if we're registered, mm-hmm. but we definitely are a student organization. We're made of yes. only students. Uh, only students. I see. Yeah. Totally. And and how? When did the group get started? Um, it started about sixteen years ago, so around like nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety six. Our origins are are quite shrouded in mysteries because uh, it was. I mean, it was created much <laughs> really? as an almost like a, I don't want to say an underground movement, but it was. Mm-hmm. There was an. Um, there was this. It, I don't want to say issue, but like a lot of the grads had usually got a lot of like the lead roles and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. a bunch of undergrads kind of came together and they did this improv um, team and they created it just for funds and kicks and and kind of had this thing so that the undergrads could call their own. Of course, it's grown now to accept everybody, but when it first started, that was much of more of like an underground movement where it's just like um, we're not getting casted in a lot of the maybe some of the main stage shows or stuff like that. So we're just going to start an improv group and have a lot of fun on our own. That's really interesting. I actually, I've heard that from, from some, uh, drama people in, in the UCI arts that, uh, uh, and, and in fact, I had uh, the, uh, Joe Lewis, the, the dean of the arts here, nice. um, and, and I asked him to address that. That also that uh, some of the undergrads are uh, feel very left out, and that uh, they aren't getting the um, uh, they aren't able to get the lead roles or, or to perform nearly as much. And uh, that, that's interesting that, that that some of that discontent led to the uh, creation. Of yeah, yeah, the us, creation yeah. of of the live nudes. Um, so, by the way, what's with the name? It's just awesome. <laughs> Live New People actually is, um, I found this out last year when we went to a, um, improv festival. Um, Live New People, the name came from, because when the improv group first started out, nobody knew what it was or who they were, and it's really hard to get people to come watch you guys when they have no idea who you are. So they just put up a bunch of signs that said Live New People at this place at this time with no other information, not saying it's an improv group, not saying anything, just telling <laughs> uh-huh. people, hey, naked people are going to be here. If you guys want to come see that, come here. And people got there, and that's how the name stuck from then on. It was just, that was the team name. <laughs> I actually, in I'm a third year now, and when I was a first year, uh, in, in the student center, of, we were just talking about that with Stacey Muren, uh, they have uh, screens that read the um, the current events that are, that are happening at the student center, mm-hmm. and uh, one time I was in there and I saw live nudes, and I thought, wow, the student <laughs> center is progressive letting that happen, that's great! <laughs> Very liberal, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, so... Do you guys practice weekly? Uh, how, how does it work? We yes. practice three times a week. Three times a week. So quite a lot, um, which uh, I'm actually a graduate student so um, mm-hmm. in PSB, so I have to give a shout out to them. What's PSB? Um, psych and Social Behavior. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of um, uh, theater people, but we also have people from outside of the department. Mm-hmm. And we practice three times a week, so uh, one hour on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then three hours on Friday. So, And then wow. we also have our shows later on Friday night. So, mm-hmm. right. Do you guys have a show every every week? Huh? Every other Friday. Every other Friday. Yes. And where are the shows, actually? Um, they we, depend. <laughs> they, they do travel, because I think this, this was the issue with the, because we're not, I guess, not a sanctioned club, I think, but we're a group. I, f- I forgot exactly how the mm-hmm. terminology works. But we're not actually able to request, um, like, they, they can't give us rooms, like, just because we can't, like, we're a club, give us a room because mm-hmm. we're a sanctioned club. We still have to ask permission, so we're kind of always at the, the bottom of the barrel. It's just kind yeah. of like, okay, we have this room for you. If you guys want to take it, you can take it. So we're kind of always, like, running around trying to find a place. But we usually stick around um, the Claire Trevor Arts area. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times we've been in the Winifred Smith Hall or the Little Theater there. Um, and sometimes we do lecture halls as well. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's very underground. Uh, it's still, like, yeah. I mean, with all the progression that we had, that we're now like a, a sanctioned group and everything like that. We still are this underground group that's kind of just mm-hmm. like on the grind, which has been a blessing and a curse at the same time. Mm-hmm. So. 
Yeah, and we have a we have a show tonight, so we should plug that. Yes. Um, we have a show. Ah, yes, please. Um, we have a show tonight. Uh, get there around ten thirty. We are going to be in another random lecture hall in Social Sciences Building, uh, yes. and it's the lecture hall, so it's it's right along Ring Road. Um, so Social Sciences Lecture Hall, correct? The, right, the the one that's that's closest to Ring to, to Ring Road. Yeah. Uh, and ten thirty. Is when you guys are there? Yeah. The show will be starting at 11, but yep. at 10.30, mm-hmm. we, lines usually pile up, and it's great. Um, our theme is uh, Baby Got Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Uh, we usually have themes and allows um, our guests to kind of dress up, and if you dress up, then we can um, you can get in early, or uh, we can put you on a VIP list and everything like that, because we usually fill out, and it's just a lot of fun for everybody to kind of get involved and dress up with wild, crazy costumes. Really? I, I, I didn't know you guys normally sell out or, 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 or fill. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, our, I think... One of our members just did a... We just had a census in our last show, and we had over 300 people show yeah, up. Yeah, around so. 300, 400 people is, is our is our yeah. general, is our average. And they're free, mm-hmm. so we do mm-hmm. have a lot of people mm-hmm. come, but totally. people, <laughs> it, it does get kind of crowded and crazy, so... Mm-hmm. So, how many people are part of the group, actually? There are... Let's count. There are 12 people. <laughs> 12, <laughs> 12 people. <laughs> um, we have three teams and three captains, and there are four people per team. Mm-hmm. So um, usually what we do for our shows is we have two of the teams kind of compete. Mm-hmm. It's like in Who's Line where the points Just don't a, really yeah, matter. Just a battle type of thing. Yeah, but um, we have two of the teams compete, so we usually have eight people per show, but there are 12 people in the team. So it's kind of a rotating uh, group and show mm-hmm. list. How does that work, actually? I, I, I've heard you guys have a unique group structure in that uh, group members audition quarterly, and then, yes. uh, there, uh, like you said, there are groups, and then there's group captains. Uh, how do you become a captain? How do you get on the team? Um, captains are are um, assigned the year before by the, the old captains. Like our our current captain team was assigned uh, last year by the captains of before, and they chose. They see the progression of the um, of the teammates of how long they come back. We audition the first week um, of every quarter, the Thursday, um, and it's 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 probably one of the most stressful times in my life because especially if you're a returning member, because there isn't a, a sense of safety. Um, just because you've been on the team, you have to constantly push yourself to keep progressing further and further. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 a little tough because you do have to keep re-auditioning. But at the same time, it is kind of nice for us too because if there's some reason you can't you can't do one quarter, it's not a big deal. You can come back and audition for another quarter. Right. Um, but at the same time, you can kind of make sure you you push yourself to be better for each quarter and each new audition. So, mm-hmm. right. um, it is a rotating cast, and you. You can see different people every single quarter. Is the competition high to get on the team? Um, I, I think so, I, yeah. Yeah. We had about 40 people show up to the last audition, and now we have... Um, mm-hmm. And they had, they cast nine people, so... So, Madeline, you're, you're a psych and social behavior major. What, what got you to, <laughs> to do improv? Um, well, I started improv when I was an undergrad. I went to mm-hmm. University of Wisconsin, um, and then I just I just loved it, and I came here, and that was like the first thing I wanted to to try out. So I looked I looked for I looked for them, and I found them, and I auditioned, and I I love it. So it's great. I'm really happy to be on the team. <laughs> Chaz, what about you? Uh, what's your major first? Actually? I'm a drama major. Drama, I see. Right. Um, I, I really didn't have that much improv experience. Uh, me and my friends, we pretended we did because we, we were just loud and we just like to say a lot of irrelevant things and we thought that was improv. So um, the moment I saw a call board saying uh, live new people improv, I was just like, I don't know what that is, but I pretend like I know how to do improv. Let's let's try it <laughs> out. And I was instantly terrified. Like uh, my legs were buckling, shaking, watching these amazing people on stage during the audition. And once I made the team, 
I, I like my world just was changed. I was the vision that I had about improv just was completely warped, and it's just changed my perspective about it. So mm-hmm. I can't give it up. Well, we actually have ten minutes uh, for you guys to do a bit. Uh, actually, closer to like eight minutes. But uh, do you, can you guys do a bit or a few bits for us? Um, yes, I, I think we can. It, yeah. it, it won't take as long as eight minutes. It'll probably yeah. be shorter than That's that. That's fine. Normally it's a little bit better because you can see us, which mm-hmm. um, makes improv a little bit better. But uh, we're going to try to do something anyways. Uh, this is a game called Simultaneous Monologue. Um, and the concept of the game is basically you're going to get a suggestion of the day that something happened, um, whatever the suggestion. And we'll actually get it from you, Dimitri. You can tell us uh, what the suggestion is. And then we're going to tell the story from two different perspectives. Um, they can be however crazy or however wild. But for some one point in our story, it's going to in connect together and mm-hmm. it's going to tell the story of how this thing happened from two different perspectives uh-huh so i'm, I'm naming an event or, or a day event. uh we're gonna the the structure is the day that something happened so the day that blank happened so mm-hmm. you can give us any suggestion of something that happened for however crazy or ridiculous or okay uh let's do the day that steve jobs announced the iphone <laughs> the day that steve jobs <laughs> announced the, the iPhone, iphone in 2007 okay sweet the day that the Steve Jobs announced the iPhone. Mm-hmm. That's our scene. So I'd been working in this really cute IT company for like 10 years. And I was going into work one day when suddenly my backpack fell out and all of my stuff uh, spilled everywhere. I was so upset. I've never been a fan of pineapples. Pineapples. They're supposed to be tasty and fruitful, but they make me break out in hives. Not too fan of that, which is sad because where I'm from, pineapple is a delicacy, and they give it to you when you do something good. So I guess I was an outcast. That's why they called me Outcast George. I was, I was going into work when my, I had all my stuff in my hands, and I didn't know what I had to do. But my, my boss came and said, come over here. I have something I need to tell you. You're fired. What? I said this can't be happening. I'm fired out on my butt. Fine, I'll just go and and sit out on the parking lot. I had this irrational behavior of just sniffing different parts of my room because I wanted to make sure there wasn't any pineapples in there. So while I was taking a shower, I started thinking to myself, maybe it's time for me to step out of my room and explore the world. So after I lathered myself up, put on my t-shirt and my jeans and I walked outside when I saw a little crying girl on the side of the street. So I approached her. I, I didn't know what I should do. So I pulled out of my backpack of my Tupperware that my mom had given me. It was filled with pineapples. They were the only food that made me feel better in the world. I instantly smelt it and I was like, oh no, I gotta get away from this girl. She's my death in kryptonite. But... Her beautiful long locks of red hair entranced me. I brushed my hair, and as I looked up, I saw this man looking at me very intently, with a grimace on his face. I I, I didn't know what I should do, so I offered him some pineapple. I slapped the pineapple out of her hand. I said, I don't want that. That'll make me break out in hives. But I said, I'll offer you my hand and help you up, little girl. He helped me up, and as we walked down the street, I looked in the window of some shops. There it was, some kind of technological device. It looked like a cellular phone, or a computer. I said, where have you been the last ten years? Not been working in IT, I see that. I was confused. 
My life has always been simplicity with fruits and whatnot, but right there in that glass window was something amazing. We went in, and as I picked up the thing, I knew it wasn't a computer. It, it was, was a pineapple. So I threw that thing on the floor too, and I said, get that away from me, or I'm going to break out in hives again. The little girl was terrified. She looked at me in the face and said, Sir, you don't know what you do. There was a pineapple picture on that iPhone. And I said, damn, all this magic and technology. Back when I was a little youngin', all we had was sticks and stones to play with. Those were the good old days. But I knew I'd done wrong by this girl. So I picked up that technological device. And I said... He said to me, This we can fix. This we can put back together. So I took it to my friend, Stephen Jobson. And that was the day... That th was the day... That Steve, Steve Jobs, Jobs created, created the, the iPhone. iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great, actually. <laughs> you didn't know that. It that was, was really a man with... That's actually a true story. That's true not... True story. Like, mm -hmm. That wasn't fabricated at all. Pineapples. Pineapples are huge... Pineapples are a really serious allergy. I hope yeah. you know. Like, I... There's about, like, 5% of the population yeah. who's deeply allergic to pineapples. Break out Maybe hives. Maybe 0.5%. Maybe 0.5%. <laughs> But that's awesome. How do you... Okay, so the, the, the obvious question is, uh, pineapples? Like, I, how, how do you come up with that? That's, that's, that's great. Uh, and, and, I mean, I can vouch for the fact that it's not rehearsed in that, in that I just made up the Steve Jobs thing, so, and, and they didn't know about it. Um, what, what happens if someone can't come up with a funny line? Well, the point is not to come up with a funny line. It's uh -huh. just... just come up with something and mm -hmm. try to react to the other person. I think there's a there's a stigma about like improv that um, everybody who does the improv team are just like they're like maybe stand-up comedians or they're just really funny. And mm -hmm. actually um, our team and usually a lot of improvers it's not about focusing on the funny, it's it's focusing on developing a scene and creating three-dimensional characters. Like being funny and being a good improviser is not like synonymous. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily have to go together. Um, in fact, focusing on the jokes a lot of times hinders you as 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 where you're working on craft, and it kind of hinders your other performers, which you don't ever want to alienate yourself from your teammates because you give a lot to them. It's a lot of focus on helping your teammates more than it is about making yourself look good. Mm -hmm. And while you're doing that, when you're completely not thinking about, oh, I have to be really be funny. Here's my joke. Things actually turn out to be really funny that you never ever thought was. So our main focus is really about creating three-dimensional scenes, creating three-dimensional places, real uh, situations, and then having fun with it. Mm -hmm. And that's where the, the comedy comes from. Not about the things that we say or the random um, stuff that we just might like poop out or yeah. anything mm -hmm. like that. And usually, I mean, I think, Chaz, when you were saying how you audition, that's like the perfect thing. Is like pretending that you whatever you say is right, that, yep, okay, I'm just going to be confident about it and stick to it, and that's, that's our scene. So mm -hmm. it's not always the funniest thing in the world. Um, but I mean, it's not maybe not be the funniest thing in your head. Like you think it's funny, but you never like the commitment to it is what's important. Um, I, I, I've come to find this out. If, if you're in a bad scene or a scene that's maybe not going very well, but you're the funniest person there and everybody laughs about it, I promise you that when you leave, nobody's gonna remember that scene or what you did. But that one other scene that was just really well developed and everybody kind of had a place in it. Maybe it wasn't as funny. Everybody will remember that because for some reason that just stuck in their mind how great it was, and they'll think they'll find funny moments that you didn't even think was funny or relevant. Mm -hmm to talk about so mm -hmm. that's our main focus instead of just trying to play on the funny 
Awesome. Well, you guys can catch the live nudes on today, actually. Today yes. at uh, coming at 10.30, but the show starts at 11. And uh, the place is Social Science Lecture Hall. And uh, they'll be doing an improv. And what's the theme today? Uh, Baby, Baby got, got Back, back to, to the, the future. future. Yeah. And uh, yeah, 10.30, Social Science Lecture Hall. So we're almost out of time. Uh, a couple things I should mention. First of all, the important one that I hope someone has been waiting for because I think it's pretty awesome. If no one wants the, the signed volleyball, I'm keeping it. But I have a, a signed volleyball signed by the whole UCI volleyball team who are like number four uh, NCAA ranked and quickly becoming number one. Uh, they're just really great. And and they've been the national champions like numerous times before. And uh, I think they've been having an amazing season. So... Um, in order, so in order to win that, go on my Facebook page, post something, anything from this show, anything you liked, anything you didn't like, uh, just uh, a quote. You can post anything you want, and uh, pineapples as a suggestion. Um, <laughs> And yeah, and I will pick one person by Sunday night, and they'll get. By the way, only UCI students are eligible, and uh, they will get the giveaway. So the the URL is facebook.com/slash/countdownuci or just countdownuci.com. Again, I have been your host Dmitry Konitsky, and uh, these were uh, Chaz Cow and Madeline George, and you can see them tonight at uh, Social Science Lecture Hall, ten o'clock or ten thirty actually. And uh, next week I've got. Most cited legal scholar in the U.S. and dean of the UCI Law School, Erwin Chemerinsky. So, and actually another awesome giveaway. So, you want to tune in for that. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the chat room coming up next.